I'm just sort of, you know what I'm saying? You're the, uh, part of me. Dave Wheeler. Hey, man, what's up? I was gonna, I was gonna message you, man, but I thought I'd, I'd creep in on Zencaster and see if you were here. I'm already logged in, homie. Yeah, dude. You know what's funny? <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. I was watching uh, Hot Ones. Do you watch Hot Ones with um, Sean Evans on YouTube? He interviews famous people and they eat hot wings and they get progressively hotter. And he was interviewing Action Bronson. And right in the middle of the interview, Action Bronson goes, "Oh shit!" And his phone rings. And he looks at it, and then I hear your voice go, Dave Wheeler. I was like, motherfucker, I wasn't calling him. <laughs> I pulled it, man. I pulled the hot ones. Ah, shit, that was funny. Uh, too many episodes of those that we could jam on. Like, I, man, it, you know, so many people don't know hot ones. And when I come across somebody who does, it's like, it's so easy to nerd out on it and just be like, do you remember when, when Eddie Huang, like, went to the bathroom and then came out and touched his dick and it was on fire? Like... <laughs> Oh my God! I I actually have an amazing story about that. John Ryan, who is the punter for the Seattle Seahawks, he used to punt for the Blue Bombers, and we went and did. Uh, we used to call it around the world at uh, what used to, which is now Underdogs out in the, in St. James. Uh, it used to be called Dylan O'Connor's, and uh, they had a whole bunch of taps of beer around the bar, and we'd go in, and you had twenty minutes to finish each beer. I think there was twelve in the loop, and so we decided to start early, and we got some some uh, food about halfway through. And he was liquored, and he did that that exact thing. Literally, he went to the bathroom. We heard screaming. We walk in, and he's splashing water on his dick because he goes, "I forgot to wash my hands before I went pee after eating hot wings." No, just rubbing a Carolina Reaper pepper all over it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, never good, never good. I'm Ben Grinnell, and this is character sewing the safety net with. Dave Wheeler. great conversations and you connect with people on a pretty personal level the worst the worst is when you go to record them and they don't all record that was what happened with my buddy dave wheeler and i dave wheeler is in terrestrial radio as he would say i referred to it wrongly as public radio didn't actually mean it i meant it as radio for the public but terrestrial radio so he's in in radio like he's a a morning radio dj here in winnipeg manitoba and uh he and i he and i have known each other for about 15 years really long time but we never really sat down one-on-one to have these conversations that were a little bit deeper a little bit more meaningful about about our backgrounds individually maybe some of our common interests together we knew we knew on a high level what each other were were into and we we obviously uh had similar influences based on the crowds that we ran with but um he and I had a super good conversation and it was actually about an hour and a half long and unfortunately it got cut off the audio got corrupted after after about 15 minutes which we didn't know until the end 
when we went to go export that audio file. So um, conversations started off. We had some laughs, um, talked a little bit, told a, a couple stories. And uh, some of the things that we ended up talking about later, which um, it's too bad they weren't captured, he and I are, are both fairly open about um, some of the things that we've individually experienced in life that might be a little bit different than than what other people have but i mean everybody's got their own journey so everyone's journey is is individual um he and i share this one common thing where both of our our children um his kids and and one of my um children has uh they they have some health issues um, and they're not just like minor health issues. They're a little bit more serious where they require medical attention. And uh, this is something that, that he opened up about quite a bit and I opened up about it as well. And we were just talking about some of the challenge of it. It's not easy. Um, it's not easy being a parent going through this, but you you end up playing with the cards in your hand. And it's not about saying, well, I've got this certain hand. What you do is you you figure out he and i he and i both were were on the same page about this you you figure out how to play with the cards that you do have and when you keep getting um hands that might not seem optimal it's still a great hand when you play it great and um and so we had a, a nice conversation around that talked a little bit about some of the the um things he's navigated in the way that he got into radio um he was uh he was on his way to to playing at a pretty high level in hockey got an eye injury he uh he injured his eye in a game of shinny which uh caused him to lose sight in one of his eyes and he ended up going to coaching and from coaching um that transition to radio because he just he has such a love and a passion for the game but he couldn't continue on so he still knows lots of guys who do play in the nhl um he never uh he never had a chance to to hit the ice at that level due to his injury but uh radio has taken him on a very interesting journey and uh, he's a very well respected person in the terrestrial radio industry uh, well known across the country of Canada and uh, even in the U.S., he's he's got some inroads. He's got a great podcast called The Word of Wheeler. If you haven't subscribed to that, go check that out. Make sure you show him some love. Subscribe, review, and he also does a couple other podcasts as well. He's got the Blue and Gold Boys. He's got uh, he's got a movie review podcast. He's got one that's just NFL picks. I guess the weekly picks for anybody who plays fantasy. Um, I'm not the biggest sports fan, but he's he's a great podcaster. He's actually got a studio in his house. So if you live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, look him up, Safety Net Studios. And uh, if you're not in Winnipeg, if you're outside of the country, if you're in another country, make sure you sub and review the word of Wheeler. So thanks to Big Dave for all his love on this podcast. Hey man, I'm 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 really actually kind of honored that you asked me to be on this. I I'm uh, I'm about 5 episodes left in finishing off the series with uh with Chris Friesen, but fuck me man, what a life. Like Jesus. Oh, I know. What a man, fucking life. I appreciate you listening to it. It's uh I mean the biggest thing for me is that it's uh 
it's been a journey to go through with Chris, but the fact that people are investing their time because they're long, like they're not, they're not quick. Like, oh yeah, I just digested fifteen or twenty minutes. Like, it's a, it's a big time investment, and when people are making it to the end of the series, it's a huge honor that people would care enough to uh, to dive into it. Dude, you've got a sponsor on your podcast, man. Like that's that. I mean, that just shows goes to show you your. I mean, your your reach. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, F apparel. That's dynamite yeah it's uh it's good you know what i have fun doing those uh those plugs too like just try to try to mix it up and um yeah you know the funny thing about the podcast is um i think the way it's developed is like i've just always been inherently interested in people's stories and i listen to so many different people's casts like including yours right and you pick up all these little tidbits of style that you might not realize it's like if you're a writer right and you read all these different books you're gonna start to write similar to other people but you don't realize it and so i think i think i end up not meaning to but i try to like i end up copying all these other podcasters because i don't really have my own style and so it's uh it's kind of like this fun thing to figure out on my own right figuring well, out your like voice no but that, that that's exactly what everything is i mean uh, you, anybody growing up is just a culmination of, of how we were brought up between two parents, luckily, you know, hopefully two parents. And, you know, it's just, it's just a combination of shit that we learn from them. It's nurture over nature. So, I mean, you saying that you don't have a style, absolutely. You have a style you have a, um, if I had to, if I, if I had to tell you what kind of style you had, you have a style of, and I'll be honest with you, I'm a little nervous about this interview because I've done industry interviews before, like uh, in, in radio and television and, and podcasts and stuff. But the way you interview things, like I literally have no idea what you're going to ask and how you're going to ask it. So your style is very much that, with, for lack of a better term, it's a very indie approach to things, which is what pa- podcasting is all about. And, 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 I, and I'm looking forward to this and I love it, but I'm still very nervous. Well, that's good. Maybe it's, it's good to put you in the hot seat for once here. <laughs> Yeah, man. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I've been looking forward to this uh, for the past week. So yeah, I'm uh, oh, wicked, wicked. Well, man, there, I mean, there are certain things that I know, right? Like I know, um, we've known each other for the better part of 15 years. Could, yeah, man. You were, you were one of the first dudes I met when I first moved to town. Yeah. Like I, and I remember, I mean, I don't remember the exact moment. I just remember, um, I, I remember how it all came about. Right. So it was like, I was working at skate, the local skateboard shop. And then you had started coming in and I don't know who, I think he probably became buddies with Dan Thomas initially. Dan Thomas and Dane Hominick were like, and, the, yeah, and, and then you were always kind of like the dude that was in the back shop. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's, that's just Ben. <laughs> yeah. And so you came around and it's like, you start to recognize faces and you're like, Oh, Hey man, how's it going? And then I didn't realize like you had moved here specifically for, a radio gig. Yeah. And, and that's how we kind of got to know each other is just, I guess, through our mutual friends and you coming by the skateboard shop. And so slowly over time, like you learn a little bit more about people's personalities and people's backgrounds, but you always had this mysterious upbringing, this mysterious backstory that I didn't really know. And I've learned more about it through the podcast. Like I, um, I think I probably knew that you lived in Fort Mac, but it wasn't like concrete until it's like, oh, the, I think you started talking more about it around the wildfires and um, things like I knew, I knew you had a brother because he had come by the shop a couple times too, but 
I didn't realize he was living out west and doing the the hippie food truck thing. So yeah, man, um, it, it, it's kind of funny because uh, you know the Daily Show that I do every day is. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's that's the job, right? It's just to come in and be uh, you know hyperbole of yourself, but. The podcast, it's funny, I don't even realize that I'm doing it, that I'm kind of, you know, exploring that kind of, that past life, really, basically kind of what you've been doing in your podcast with with, with Chris Friesen, not to the same extent, obviously, but just kind of me, you know, reminding myself of stories and where I, and you're right, you know, the Fort McMurray thing with the fires and stuff, that was, the, the, the biggest thing was for me is that I was actually planning a trip to take, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast, I was planning on taking my wife back to see Fort McMurray. So my, my wife and I have been together for eight years now and she's never seen where I grew up. And I mean, Fort McMurray is such a part of me and, and my friends there and that I wanted her to see that because I figured she'd get a better understanding of who I was. And then when the wildfires happened in my, my neighborhood that I grew up in fucking burned to cinders, they was like, well, <laughs> there's nothing left to show you. I guess we're not going to Fort McMurray anymore. And, and it was kind of a bummer, but yeah, it, it gave me an opportunity to, really kind of remind myself. I mean, the, the, the day that I, the day that had happened, I mean, by the end of the night, I, I was in contact with people that I haven't spoken to in about a decade. And I was just, I was literally in tears. Like my wife sat there and she's like, Oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just, I can't believe this is happening. And I, and I wish I was there to help, but there's nothing you could do because everyone's leaving. But yeah, it really kind of helped me reconnect with, you know, that part of my life, which was, you know, so long ago now that I'm 38 years old and I think about it. I mean, that was over 20 years ago that I, that I live there and it, but, it, but it's still such a big part of my life. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I it, it's fun that you say like, I'm, you know, the mystery man, because I, I feel like I'm, you know, uh, the dude from, you know, 90210, the, the, the handsome guy whose name I forget, but uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm about as open a book as, as they come, man. It's just, uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, but when people ask me like, like where I'm from, I say Winnipeg. I mean, Winnipeg's been my home for 15 years and I've, I've spent almost as much time here as I did, in Alberta. So, uh, yeah, for, for, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a through and through Winnebagger if anybody asks. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the, that's a cool thing about what you're doing with your podcast too, is that being in, being, uh, I guess like, uh, in public radio, right? Like, well, not public radio, being on the radio where it's for the general public, there's somewhat of an agenda, right? So you kind of, you read the news, you talk about current events, you talk about music shit, and then there's not that platform for you to just do whatever you want, which is like, I remember back to episode one when you're like, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm sick of all the bullshit with all these regulations and, and you still talk about that, right? Yeah, and, and you know what's funny is, is you know, the, the arrogant part of me likes to think that, yeah, stick it to the man, the CRTC and the CBSC are listening to me. They're not fucking listening to me. They honestly, like, they don't care. Like, I'm on a podcast. I mean, I am completely out of their jurisdiction, and they can give a shit what I say on the podcast, which is which is kind of good because it gives me a chance to vent. It's like, you know, I mean, I, I, I've been very fortunate in my career as far as terrestrial radio. Like, I've I've pushed the envelope pretty far, and, and I've, I've been able to get a lot of leniency because of that. I mean... I'm trying to think of a really quick example. Okay, uh, let me put it this way. Most radio stations in town, their morning shows play about 11 to 12 songs per hour, and we play about four. And the reason why is because I finally fought and said, people can get music on iTunes or Spotify or their CDs or whatever. If they can listen to whatever they want, but they can't get our brand of humor anywhere else. So why don't we give them more of that and let them decide if they want it or not? Because they can tune into any radio station or anything and get music. So let's they wouldn't let me completely get rid of music. They said, we're not a talk radio station, but they let me cut it down to four songs an hour, which was, you know, as far as I, I, I've been able to go so far. But 
and it has been paying off. So for me, I've been able to push the envelope and kind of push my quote unquote agenda, as you put it, uh, as far as I can with terrestrial radio. But uh, to me, yeah, like the podcast was just, well, the podcast is two reasons. Number one, it's a, it's a chance for me to kind of expand on the things like kind of like you kind of said, where I can't, you know, completely say on terrestrial radio. But the other thing, part of me too, and I've mentioned this on the podcast is that, and it's happening again. I won't mention who I'll sure I will. Shadow Davis, who does mornings on CJOB. He's kind of, I don't know what he's doing. He's doing like this little, stand where he's like, you know, fuck the establishment, which I appreciate, but he's now online saying, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And that's cool. But for me, I, I, it always bothered me seeing announcers and radio get fired or, or get dismissed or laid off or quit or whatever. It is and say, fuck it, I'll just do a podcast, man. My, my audience will follow me. And I thought to myself, why would I wait until I get fired, you know, and then try and drag in an audience? Why wouldn't I use the big engine that is terrestrial radio to help build my audience for me? So, for me, it's kind of a realization of, I know terrestrial radio is not going to last forever. Uh, it, it, the, the market, the, the, the terrestrial radio industry is getting smaller and smaller, although the broadcast industry is getting larger and larger with guys like you and me and everybody else doing this podcasting. Like everyone's able to pick up a computer and do a cast. So for me, it was just, you know, I want to be able to stay in an industry that I love long after it's kind of you know, seen his last days as far as being able to pay, you know, morning show money. And I still want to be able to do what I love. So I'm just kind of doing the, the, the work now so I can continue this well after terrestrial radio has, uh, has left my grasp. But I believe me when I tell you, I will squeeze every last dollar that I possibly can out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think you, you've got it on lockdown, man. Like you really nailed it because like, well, let's fast forward before you rewind back to the early days in Fort Mac, but there was an incident, and I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was the uh, we'll call it the Wheeler South Park incident. <laughs> sure, right? right? Sure, yeah. So uh, you had some, and I remember it vaguely. So maybe you you tell the story about it. But um, the fact of the matter is that uh, due to regulations and due to people wearing their underwear a little bit too tight, uh, there were some repercussions for you, which would have never happened if you did what you did through your podcast? Uh, yes and no. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think if the, the proper social justice work... Well, look at it this way. Uh, the, the people that were... And, 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 and well, let's set it up really quickly. About a year and a half ago, uh, I was suspended off of my Trust Show radio show for a week because of some songs that I had written about 10 years ago. And because I was uh, in, uh, in that time period, about a year and a half ago, I was doing a, a TV show on, on uh, Trust Show Cable... Uh, as well as my radio show as a simulcast, uh, we decided to pull out these old songs and, and you know blow the dust off them and say, hey, let's throw some visuals on it. So we got our animator to uh, put some animations with it and release it out to the world. And the thing was, I mean, like the audience had no problem with it. It was the people that saw it online. So it was the social justice warriors that went online and cried foul saying that it was misogynistic, which I don't disagree with. And they say it was racist, which I completely disagree with. And they decided to make, uh, you know, uh, that the news of the week. And uh, about 150 to 200 people came down to the radio station and protested, wanting my head on a platter, saying that, you know, I was racist towards um, uh, towards a minority, which is, and listen, offense is never given, offense is always taken. And if they were offended by it, I, I can't change their opinion on that. But at the same time, they can't change my... They can't change my, 
what's the right way to say this? They, they, they can't change my, my original motivations for why I wrote it. And my original motivations for writing it was the basic rule of comedy is to find a stereotype and to hyperbolize it, you know, to, to find something and, and, and blow it up. I mean, I didn't create the stereo, these stereotypes. I just kind of exploited them. And it's unfortunate that some people took it the wrong way. And that's the risk you take sometimes when you tell a joke at, at, to anybody. There's always that risk that they may find it offensive. I mean, as simple as somebody saying, uh, if I said, hey, guy was walking on the street and slipped on a banana and, and, and fell. And ha, it was funny. And people said, actually, my, my cousin slipped on a banana peel and he's paralyzed now. You run that risk. You always run that risk of potentially pissing someone off. And that happened. And so for me, it was it was unfortunate because I, I you know, as, as much as I say I'm a Winnipegger, I'm familiar with all these areas of, of town. And, and I just decided to exploit all of them and there was one minority that got really offended and and, and for that i i i mean I, it sucks i mean it sucks that they, they they took it the wrong way because it was never there was never any malice behind it it was all made in jest and it was no different than making fun of your little brother or your cousin or your big brother it was it's just unfortunate that they took it the wrong way and uh Learn my lesson, and sometimes you gotta learn lessons the hard way, and you kind of learn where that uh, where that line is. And uh, it, it, it's funny, like you said, you know, if I would have done it on my podcast, it, to me it was something that it wasn't like, hmm, can I get away with this? It was just like, hey, this is funny, let's do this. To me, there was never a, oh, I might get suspended, or ooh, this is really gonna push the boundaries. To me, it was just a funny song that we've been playing for the last ten years. So, um, yeah, it, it just. With, with the audience getting bigger, more people are exposed to the, to the comedy, and that leaves more people at risk for getting offended. Know what's the best? Looking sharp. Know what's the worst? Not looking sharp. Not looking sharp at all. Best way to not look sharp? Don't have a suit from anywhere. But if you want to look sharp, if you want your own custom tailor-made suit, head on down to fapparel, ephapparel.com, enter in promo code CHARACTER, get 20% off. You see, F Apparel hooks it up. They've got these, these custom-made suits, so you can, get, uh, you can get measured in person, or you can go online fapparel.com and uh, enter in all your measurements get a suit sent to your door you'll look sharper than than a freaking samurai knife like a santuco knife an old school samurai knife you won't you won't be dull compared to that you're gonna be sharper than that thing because with f like you can do whatever you want you can choose your lapels you can choose your 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 fabric, your shirt, you can choose your tie, you can choose everything, it's all about the choice, fapparel.com promo code character and you know what else is sweet doorknobs, doorknobs are sweet, nobody thought doorknobs were sweet, but when you start to look at doorknobs and like door hardware, right, like cabinet hardware, it's actually a big difference, you can get two-piece things where they're not actually like all together or you can get like single pieces one piece forged metal that's all nicely polished up mtech e-m-t-e-k dot com mtech hardware 
they have it dialed in mid-century modern hardware for your doors or your cabinets. They do this brushed brass stuff. They do black. They do stainless steel, brushed aluminum, whatever it is, that look. They do it all chrome. But for real, really nice products, really simple, clean. If you want doorknobs that basically look like they don't even exist because they're so simple, M-Tech. M-Tech, they've got it all. So make sure you go check out M-Tech. Show them some love. And if you want to show anyone else some love, would love if uh, if you share. Share, subscribe, review if you haven't. And we appreciate every single one of you that is always listening and showing us love week to week and getting through even these credits. So big kisses and hugs. Hugs and high fives. And we will see you next week. Love ya.